Welcome to episode 143 of the Superhouse Podcast, everyone. This is Andrew, and I'm once again joined by Joseph. Hello. <laughs> I mean, Joey. This week, we are going to do another deep dive in the Hasbro-verse. Uh, this week is going to be into the Micronauts. This is a continuation of our look into the potential and highly rumored about Hasbro Cinematic Universe, a.k.a. the Hasbro-verse. So, first off... What are the Micronauts? Well, let's go over the lead-up to Micronauts first. The Micronauts were a North American science fiction toy line manufactured and marketed by Mego from 1976 to 1980. The Micronauts toy line was based on and licensed from the Microman toy line created by Japanese toy company Takara in 1974. Takara is famous for making the Diaclone line, which eventually was taken up by us here in America in order to be turned into Transformers. Some of the Micronauts were also picked up to be Transformers as well outside of Japan. Have you seen this uh, Toys That Made Us, the Transformers episode, uh, Joey? Uh, yeah, it was like the first season, right? It's first or second. It's 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 on air though. I know that it's on Netflix. Season two, actually. So I I think that was in season two. Yeah, season two. Uh, I have not. Okay, they do go over this, so we're kind of retreading a little bit here from that episode. But um, if you check out the Transformers episode of that, you you'll see uh, uh, more on this. So anyway, you know what? Don't watch that. Well, listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you think, bro. <laughs> All right. So the original Microman figures in Japan were marketed as being the actual size of cyborg beings called Micros that hailed from a frictional planet known as Micro-Earth and disguised themselves as action figures while on planet Earth. <laughs> so it's like small soldiers. It's very similar to that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I love that, man. I love the whole, like, they're, they're, they're real. They're just disguised as action figures. That's great. They are, Takara is first and foremost a toy company, but they also ported over some of the Neo Geo games for the 8 and 16-bit consoles. Some of these included Fatal Fury and Samurai Showdown series. Um, if you guys uh, did have a, a Genesis or a Super Nintendo back in the day, maybe you did see Takara listed on a neo geo game uh for those systems okay yeah yeah it's that's them man that is them so yeah and also takara uh localizes which basically means translates we can go into the differences to that uh in another episode but uh localizes or translates magic the gathering cards for japan release okay so that's just a little history of takara so um what exactly is the basic storyline for Micronauts? This right here is apparently the OG Marvel Comics version. The IDW version we'll get to a little bit later in this episode. So, <clears throat> here we go. The Micronauts originate in the Microverse, a microscopic universe full of strange planets like the human-inhabited homeworld, which is made up of diverse spherical habitats that are linked together in a, the fashion of a molecular chain. The original team comes together in response to the threat posed by former bearded and balding academic-turned-murderous immortal black armored dictator Baron Karza, who gained control of Homeworld through the creation of the Body Banks, 
where life-extending brain transplants are tr performed on the rich and inhuman genetic alterations on the poor. There's a lot going on there, man. <laughs> body banks. Yeah, body banks. What the fuck? And also, Commander Arcturus Ron returned from a thousand-year deep space voyage in suspended animation with Biotron, his robot co-pilot on the HMS Homeworld Microship, Endeavor, to discover Karza has slain the royal family, descendants of Ron's parents, Dallin and Sepsis, who are now worshipped as virtual gods. What follows is an epic war across the microverse, pitted, pitting Ron and his allies against Karza. Indeed. And Joey, I'm going to give you this one, and I want you to read this in any voice you want to pick. The homeworld region of the microverse was located far from Subatomica, a region occasionally visited by the Fantastic Four and the original Ant-Man. It was discovered by the people of the planet Ithaca, a reference to Ithaca, where the legendary Odysseus was born. They were forced to find a new home after the death of their world, joining with refugees from worlds who had suffered similar fates, making the home world as particularly diverse as a culture encompassing multiple species. That was great, bro. We don't often get a voice from Sir Joseph, so... Uh... <laughs> I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad we could we were able to hear that today. <laughs> All right, so even though that's a cool storyline from the comics, we have to put a pin in that for just a second because, like with a lot of things from the '80s, the toys come first. So let's go over that now. And I wish Stefan was here, but he's off getting high in Reno right now. So, <laughs> um, so I have a lot of notes here, but I first wanted to introduce my coworker Bernie who talked about the toy line because he's a bit older than us and he was there when the toys were released and he loved this toy line and so I was able to actually record him talking about it for about a minute or so on my iPhone so it's slightly rough but the audio is pretty good for what it is and it's at my workplace as well so there's a little bit in the background but it's not so bad so let's take a listen to that now you got that ready Joey yes sir all right so three Two, one, start. Why were Micronauts cool? Oh, because they were uh, they were super articulated. I mean, every joint moved. Uh, unlike a, a Star Wars toy that had you know just like like five points of movement, you had like I don't know like sixteen on a Micronaut. You could bend their arms and and whatnot every which way. Um, they had these little plates on their chest you could pop off and make them look like their chest got caved in. Their uh, heads were on little ball joints so you could decapitate them. It was a lot of fun, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Were they, your, were they your favorite? Oh yeah, definitely. I used to I used to get those figures and use them in my Star Wars you know vehicles. I thought Star Wars had the cool vehicles and the cool aesthetic, but uh, I really liked uh, you know the the, uh, the the mobility of the of the Micronauts better. So yeah, cool. Thanks, man. All right, so that's it. Um, I kind of wanted to start off with uh, the passion of a of an original fan here. So uh, moving on from that, I'd like to also take a look at a Micronauts toy commercial from the time it was released, I think sometime in the 80s. So let's do a little reaction to this. Let's cue that up. Three, two, one, start. Biotron, space glider, <laughs> hydrocopter, from the, the Micronaut collection. 
Biotron's huge. I know, all of the different sizes. Waterproof too, man. It's like a futuristic James Bond Like these. Batteries for Biotron and Hydrocopter not included. Look at that shit. Hydrocopter, Biotron, and Space Glider, all sold separately by Miko. Miko. <laughs> it says Miko, but it's it's Migo with a G. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, this definitely seems like it's it's got to be late seventies. It's or like eighty or something, nineteen eighty. Like it's super early eighties, I think. It feels like it has like a late nineteen fifties vibe, post World War Two, like day the Earth stood still type look. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting because they were pretty much a straight up repackaged and translated from Japan, and they were almost exactly the same. And this really cool Japanese aesthetic going on with the Japanese style robots and stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so far, how are you liking this? Uh, the micro the micronauts in general. You were getting intrigued or what, bro? I mean, you know, the fact that like if my action figures came to life and said that they were from another planet and weren't from, you know. The manufacturer from China. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. I think we were all alive at that time. We would we would all be very much into it. Uh, it was just a little bit before us. It's again, it, you know, it's been a while since like small soldiers, and then you actually have like Toy Story. Uh, so it, it'd be interesting to kind of see uh, the difference that they would, uh, you know, some, what what they'll do with it. You know, right, 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 right. Make something old new again. Right. So as you can tell, they were a series of interchangeable space toys, figures, vehicles, and playsets produced by the Mego Corporation. And at the time, they were known for the Planets of the Apes series, Star Trek, and Space 1999. They were one of the biggest developers in the 1970s. And the Micronauts, I think it says it, it ran from 76 to 1980. And uh, what's his name? Um... Kevin Smith always talks about Mego. This was very huge in the 70s. Like, everybody everybody knew what Mego was at the time. You see it on Comic Book Men all the time. Um, the best feature of the Micronauts was their interchangeability, as parts from one action figure could be attached to another, significantly increasing the playability of the toy line, in addition to stimulating the creativity of those that played with them. They had kind of a cool, sleek look that a lot of Japanese toys have. If I was around during this time, I'd probably this probably probably would have been one of my favorite toys. It, it makes me sad actually that there never was a cartoon, but we'll get to more of that in a minute. Takara's original Microman line were actually based on Hasbro's GI Joe figures mold. Uh, this is something they said in the toys that made us as well they said that basically gi joe didn't sell very well in japan so they had to figure out something different with them you know you have an american gi figure in a country that was defeated by america it's not going to sell very well you know so they basically remolded it with clear plastic exposing their inner workings and made it look like cybernetic parts and so that sold extremely well actually in japan so and then also, by downscaling their size, Takara sought to create a toy line that would offset the sheer cost of producing a full line of plastic-based 8-inch tall, or 20-centimeter, or 12-inch tall, 30-centimeter 30 30 centimeter 
figures, and related playsets, as well as acknowledging that basic living space is limited for most Japanese households. Smaller Microman figures would not only cost less to produce during the energy crisis of the 1970s in Japan, the line's smaller scale would also take up less physical space, and that would be more attractive to space-conscious consumers in the Japanese market. The interchangeability was all thanks to the 5mm connectors and ports that allowed parts to be transferred and connected between different toys. The Mego figure Baron Karza was introduced at a comics convention in New York in 1976, a year before George Lucas introduced the world to Darth Vader. Let's take a look real quick at Baron Karza. Joey, if you will take a look at this link here. We will be putting a link in the description here so you can take a look as well. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of dark black colored robots that might look very similar, but the timing of this is interesting. And the mouth is somewhat similar. What do you think, Joey? Similar to what? Darth Vader. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, the, yeah, debuted in 77. Yeah. Like Shogun Warriors. Yeah, this is very much, uh, like, it kind of has, like, even the legs, I feel, are very Darth Vader. Right. Um, let's see. I'm, I was kind of looking at these photos, and I'm kind of interested in this, like, so he has these little, like, cones, I guess, that they're, could be, I don't know if they're, like, laser cones that he can put on his arms or something. Yeah, they, I feel like they're supposed to be. He drills. I, my first inst my first thought was they were energy blasts, but they might be drills of some sort. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, because they're because they're going to a point instead of going like a cone outwards. Right, right, right. They're like yeah, it'd be like a drill, or like a small little energy beam. So he's got one that he puts into his stomach. Yeah, yeah. Two, they go into his back. Like the two into the back, like they could be like little rocket boosters and could, you know, like he could be boosting forward. Yeah, yeah. Fun, I don't really understand. No, I don't get it either. Looks a little bit bigger than the other Micronauts, too. Yeah, yeah, they put him, they, they have him side by side. He's about twice the size as a, uh, what looks like a little Destro. Um, so again, we will put a link in the description here so you can take a look at that if you want. Again, his name is Baron Karza in the Micronauts line. And there has been a lot of speculation that this was a big inspiration for Lucas for to make Darth Vader there, because the timing is very interesting. Um, I do think Darth Vader is different enough. Yeah. So you're saying this inspired Lucas? A lot of people think so. Oh, okay. So this came out before, well... Slightly before, 76 at the at a comics convention in New York. Okay, so it, like, okay, so it actually went on sale in 77, but was premiered at a toy show right i looked on my i looked on ebay for how much micronauts uh, go for these days and it was somewhere around five bucks to 80 bucks so i guess 80 bucks is basically mint in box condition and five bucks is are the loose figures they're still very cheap so if you want to get some you know you can take a little trip down to ebay and and, and then you know have your dreams fulfilled all right so we're now we're moving on from toys into the cartoon section and this is usually where we would have a reaction to an episode but they did not ever have a cartoon 
so we won't be having one. However, I do have some info on cartoons that were never made. <laughs> In 1998, AGE, which is Annex Entertainment, Gribuy, French-looking name, and Kaleidoscope Media Group, planned to produce a Micronauts animated series with a five-part miniseries to air on the Sci-Fi Channel. That was back when it was spelled the normal way in fall of 98 followed by a syndicated 26 episodes animated series in 99 uh, with action figures that were going to be tied in with Marvel with a Marvel comic and everything like that the project appears to be shelved or cancelled however Boulder Media a new subsidiary of Hasbro is developing a new Micronauts, Micronauts animated series for early 2019 so we might even be seeing new previews for that cartoon soon. And that would be very cool if it was on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not, right? Why not, right? I mean, it's fucking the best place for it. Just like last week, there was indeed a robot chicken sketch for, the, for Micronauts, just like there was one for ROM. So, just like in our previous episode... Let's take a look at our Micron at the Micronauts uh, sketch on from from Robot Chicken. Let's take a listen to this Robot Chicken Micronauts sketch. Three, two, one. Start. Micronauts, no longer will we travel around Micropolis with antiquated vehicles like Micropolis. Wow. Starting today, we will race around the city, fighting evil at the speed of compressed air. Behold! I only have one set. question. Does it shoot plungers? Because if it doesn't, I'm out. Uh, time traveler, it's uh, kind of hard to move in this thing. That's the point, Membros. Otherwise, the pressure could rip your arms and legs off. What? Jesus, are you sure this thing is safe? It's just air, you baby. Now get in there. If my calculations are correct, he's currently riding across town. I love the clear look, though. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. Not many figures have that. Miles an hour. When I get to my exit, are there brakes? Brakes? Uh, of course there are brakes. They're right over there. Oh, me. The animation's kind of fluid, isn't it? Ducking cover! It's for robot chicken. Grandma! That you sure died, stupid. Oh, yeah, slipping on a patch of ice was a real hero's death. Here's your Medal of Honor. I gotta say, man, I used to think Robot Chicken was the funniest thing in the fucking world. Well, like, one of the funniest things I watched. And now, like, I guess after I've gotten a little bit older, it's... it's. They've still got some good stuff. It's still, it's still kind of hit or miss, for sure. Yeah. It, like, I still laugh at parts of it, but a lot of it is hit or miss now, whereas it used to be, like, 100% for me. I don't know what it is. Now we're going to leave the cartoon section, because basically that's it. And now we're going to go into the comic 
section. Let's let's talk about the comic portion of Micronauts and what exactly the storyline is. The Micronauts began life as a as comic book characters thanks to a fortuitous accident on Christmas of 1977. Marvel Comics writer Bill Mantlow Bill Mantlow's son, Adam, opened a new present, a line of the Mego Corporation's Micronauts action figures. Seeing the toys, Mantlow was instantly struck by inspiration to write their adventures, convincing then-editor-in-chief Jim Shooter to get the comics license for these toys. Mantlow was hired to script their series. They came from inner space, hit the comics racks, hit the comic racks, and magazine shelves in October of 1978 with a script by Mantlow and drawn by Michael Golden. The two spent some time creating the characters, Homeworld and its microverse, history and an intricate mythology. Another great idea, Mantlow and Golden based the Homeworld language on a variant of Sanskrit, an Indo-Aryan language that's recognized as one of India's 22 official languages. Sanskrit, I don't know if anybody knows here or anybody listening but it is like older than latin and when they talk about indo-european a time when india and europe were more together basically sanskrit and latin were connected in some way i believe not a linguist here but i think that's the case so i think it's kind of cool as a guy that likes language myself it's kind of cool that they base it on sanskrit nerdbastards.com had this to say about the first issue there was something wondrous about that first issue. Mantlow's story about the last members of a royal family and their retainers. Think the Romanov family hunted by the Bolsheviks as they are pursued by an acro-year air patrol and Baron Karza's dog soldiers. <laughs> okay. Like mentioned before, the Micronauts comic books featured a group of characters based on the Mego Micronauts toy line. The first title was published by Marvel Comics in 1979. With both original characters based on the toys, Marvel published two Micronauts series, mostly written by Bill Mantlo, until 1986, well after the toy line was canceled in 1980. In the 2000s, Image Comics and Devil's Due Publishing each briefly published their own Micronauts series. They were initially in the Marvel Universe, and they have met Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D., and probably a whole lot of other people. In October of 2015, at New York Comic Con, IDW Publishing announced that it has acquired publishing rights from Hasbro to produce new comic books for Micronauts and ROM the Space Knight, both formerly popularized by Marvel as licensed pop properties. IDW released the first issue of their new Micronauts series on April 27th, 2016. IDW lists this as their synopsis. They came from a dying universe. Acroyear, Space Glider, Iotron, and their allies are back. On the run from the evil Baron Karza, and blasting through a universe where magic and science vie for control. With resources dwindling, the long-lost time travelers may hold the key to salvation. But will it mean Armageddon for our world? <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was great, dude. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and this is an Amazon review from one of the more recent reboots. Re reboots. 
If you are a fan of the Matlow Golden Micronauts book from the 70s and thought that due to the strange licenses involved, you wouldn't see another true Micronauts book, this is the book for you. The Hasbroverse is a pure gift to fans of the Microverse and the toy line. The few specific characters created for the Marvel book are not here, of course, but this is a great crew and carries on that spirit of fun space opera stories and has an updated, clean style that doesn't forget to pay homage to the original toy line's aesthetic. Alright, <clears throat> so what are their powers exactly? They're fucking comic book characters, right? So, let's go over this for a second. It seems like... I, I, I at first thought that they would all be kind of like Ant-Man, like they could all grow huge and stuff, but it seems like the case is that they're just from a fucking small-ass pocket universe type of thing, so they're just automatically small to begin with. Okay. So, uh, I'm not ha sure how exactly that happens. Maybe when they come over here, they're just the size of action figures and they never grow big. I'm not really sure all that works. Feel free to correct us in the comments. <laughs> Very interested in how they're going to do this. Yes. Hasbro first. I, I am too. Yeah, I know. I am too. Anyway, I have three examples here of some character descriptions. So, uh, we have first... Acro Gear, energy sword wielding stoic and super strong former ruler of the armor clad Acro Years of the harsh and rocky planet Spartak. That's more about where he's from and not his powers, but it seems like this guy is like one of the main guys from it. Okay, so Acro Year was the leader of the Acro Years? <laughs> that was not very uh, well written, now was it? I'm Joey. Leader. <laughs> Joey. That's awesome. Joey, I was wondering if you could read uh, Solitaire. Solitaire. A highly manipulative prime being with both metamorphic and human powers. She first took the form of a green-skinned insectivorid. The hell is this word? Insectivorid? Right. Yeah. yeah sure. Version of the lonely blonde marionette in order to seduce Bug <laughs> so that he would help her get on the team. Solitaire then turned her into a sexy, scantily clad version of Commander Rand's dark-haired mother, Sethus. Sepsis. Sepsis. That's what I was trying to say. Sepsis. Okay, Sepsis. Sepsis sounds like a fucking sickness, by the way. <laughs> Isn't Sepsis? What am I? What am I? What am I hearing? Is it not? It's what? It's that? What like? It's infection. Sepsis is a disease. It's a disease, right? So I guess that says that the fucking mother is a uh, is a uh, evil, right? There's a complication caused by the body's overwhelming and life-threatening response to infection. <laughs> That's great. Sounds great to me. So yeah, so that one we have healing powers and some green skin and some bug shit going on. So at least there's some powers there. So and insectivores. Insectivorids, yeah. And then we have another very cleverly named character named Devil. <laughs> Highly intelligent and witty beast-like member of a magenta red-furred race of savage cat-eared and dog-legged simioids from the jungles of Tropica on Homeworld. How's that? Great. <laughs> Go ahead and cough it out. <laughs> And there's a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, I'll cough it out, yeah. There's a lot more than that as well, but that's uh, that's just a quick overview there. And again, um, I guess that's a lot more, uh, has a lot more to do with backgrounds and powers. But so, last section here we have 
the movie. All right. So, very interesting here, right? We're, we're uh, and again, we're leaving the comic section. We're going into the movie section, okay? So, the first thing I have here is that the Micronauts' homeworld, the Microverse, makes a featured appearance in Ant-Man in 2015. What? They mention Microverse, I believe. Maybe they just said the name and it had no connection, but they do, I think they do say that name. So they're trying to hint at all that connecting. I don't know how that's going to work with Hasbro and IDW and all that shit, but there's some nod to it, okay? So does Marvel still not, like have... Is this not still a Marvel property? I think it's I think it's 100% Hasbro now. So maybe it's some nod to old 70s Marvel comics, early 80s comics. Sure, I'm sure. I'm, Microverse seems like something many, you know, it's it's something that can always be used, especially when you're uh, going to subatomic levels. Yeah, I mean, it, it all ties in right there with this power. So it's a perfect perfect timing with that, right? So I thought that was pretty cool. And if you want to check me on that, that's at one of the bottom paragraphs on, on, I think, Micronauts Wikipedia. So take a look there. After Hasbro acquired the rights from the Micronauts toy line, it was announced in 2009, quite a while ago now. But anyway, Paramount Pictures, in conjunction with J.J. Abrams, was in negotiations to develop a movie version of the franchise. The planned project made little progress, though in November of 2015, Paramount announced it was still planning a Micronauts movie. So this whole thing has been in production for quite some time. Who knows when we're going to get it, but hey, there you go. And then they doubled down again, tripled down maybe, in December of 2015, that it was announced yet again that a live-action film version of Micronauts was still currently in development by Hasbro Studios and Paramount. That was three years ago at this point. But movies take a long time, so who knows? So let's recap this, right? Pulitzer Prize-winning author Michael Chabon could be writing Visionaries or something else. Uh, He's definitely been attached to Hasbro and AllSpark. You know, a reference to Transformers and all that, but it's called AllSpark Studios. So this is a whole new... Uh, AllSpark probably is what they're going to be uh, producing these movies under. And then... Yeah. Is uh, Bumblebee under AllSpark? Is- I think it is. Oh, yeah, okay. I think it is. Zach Penn, screenwriter for Ready Player One most recently, but he was actually... First got famous for writing Last Action Hero when he was like 23 or something. He was like the young, hot screenwriter at the time he has been attached to writing rom who was in the uh, most recent episode before this rom the space knight and then we have jj abrams that's attached in some way to micronauts maybe probably just producing which is cool you know he's got star wars and all kinds of other shit so it it still has his name so that's kind of cool and but f gary gray who's currently doing the men in black spinoff with chris hemsworth and he did fast and the furious and he did uh, Friday, and he did uh, Straight Outta Compton. He has been pretty much confirmed for Mask, which is another Hasbro property. And basically, I would say Mask is their number three after uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers. Those are by far number two. Well, they just acquired Power Rangers. So remember, Power Rangers is number three, but 
mask maybe not right after that because there is quite a niche audience for that so anyway um mask will be for another episode that we do but uh so the hasbro verse is very much in full swing at least in pre-production so joey i want to ask you how would you make a micronauts movie having listened to all this just now i honestly think to, to go different from small soldiers or um ant-man you know i would just i would honestly like i probably end up doing like a toy story like uh version like a live action toy story style version where you're you're watching from the viewpoint of the micronauts slash action figures yeah you know what i mean like you're you're never so you would keep them as action figures even in the movie yeah Okay. All right. They they still move around. You know what I mean. But yeah. Hey, mom, this is my action figures, and you might see the kids' feet and hands, and maybe the maybe the the parents and the kid are you know known actors or not, um, depending if you you know if you want to put a name to it. You know, if you want to throw Mark Wahlberg back in, let's just throw him in there. I had his name in there from Transformers. Um, I would keep him out. Could be the dad or whatever. He's like. You know, trying to throw his toys out, but you're still looking. You're still at the vantage point, the viewpoint of the Micronauts. So the Micronauts are fighting the villains. Um, you know, sort of like not necessarily in the kids' bedroom, like Toy Story or whatever, but like uh, amongst the street or in the sewer, where uh, they're not really. They're just like, oh, these giants walking around. We'll worry about them later. Right, right, right. It's. It's just something they have to look out for, but you're still, again, the vantage point uh, of those guys. Right. The way I would do it is I would have them small at first just for some comedy sake. Um, pretty much more or less a Marvel tone overall for the movie. Um, you know, maybe slightly different because it's Hasbro. but uh, And then um, I would actually have them grow big. I would have them grow big into normal size humans at some point once they cross over into uh, our universe. There's, they start off in microverse and then they come over and maybe they, I don't know, they meet a transformer that can, this, this is part of the crossover too. Maybe they meet a transformer or some other character that can make them grow big to normal size. And then they all battle uh, in the same, same battles as everyone else. And you got like, you know, Transformers in like running, like think of a big Avengers battle. And then you got fucking, um, some GI Joe's flying in there in some fucking jets or something. And fucking the power Rangers fucking show up in some Zords that they have. And it's like a big ass fucking crossover battle with whoever the fuck. Um, this is kind of probably way down the line, like a Thanos type situation, but just kind of dream project here i think that'd be kind of cool and then maybe they some of them stay small and then you get some like small action out of them as well and it, it, it's hard to not harken back to ant-man at this point but since they kind of did it first but uh i don't know something along those lines um would you have a, a dream director joey i honestly think like having not read too much about micronauts um and kind of seeing the way that I would have played it uh, in my film. Um, definitely somebody who can do comedy. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Because I would see them as, you know, again, they're running around small and like on Earth. And so, you know, some sort of comedy is going to ensue. Right. Um, and then I honestly don't know if I want them to grow big because they could just be the Micronauts. They run up against the Transformers and like, like you guys are really small. And they just sort of like. They were insanely small to Transformers, too. Right. Exactly. Micronauts are sort of talking shit. But then they can run up the legs or whatever and start pulling out gears and whatnot and messing up transformers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're sort of tough to, because they're so small and sort of lightweight, uh, they can sort of maneuver around quickly and, 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 yeah, again, like get in the transformers and just start ripping them up inside. Right, right, right. Depending on what all their different powers are, they can do it differently, but yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure who I would get for a director either. I mean, God, I mean, maybe even Taika Waititi or somebody like that. Like, somebody that can... I mean, even James Gunn, it's hard not to mention Marvel people because it's going to it's gonna very much m- mimic that kind of whole thing. I mean, even... Um, uh, dude, I'm blanking on him. The director that was slated to do... He did... He did um, Sean, Ver- Sean, Sean of the Dead... Oh, he would be good. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, 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 oh my god. I gotta look it up. It's killing me. Simon Pegg. So, not not Simon Pegg. Edgar Wright. Um, Edgar Wright. There we go. Edgar Wright. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Edgar, dude. I honestly, yeah, he'd be perfect. It'd be be, be great. He wanted to do Ant Man, but he didn't do Ant Man. That's right. That's right. That'd be cool if he kind of picked up this whole deal. It's hard to tell who would be cast because even with like Acro Year and all, like what a fucking name, right? Like it, it's just, I think that's kind of tough at this point. But um, that's what I'm saying. Like they could totally just sort of make fun of themselves. Hey, I'm Acro Year, leader of the Acro Years. It's like, huh? I mean, yeah, you got like figures. You know, they're kind of silly with silly names, but you still sort of play them up in a <clears throat> real world situation. I would. I feel like to really get a good idea of this, though because I feel like a lot of Micronauts fans that are listening to this, they're probably, like, cringing right now. But, I mean, probably the best idea is to just... We need to really read the original run, at least a, a few issues or so, of that of that original Bill Mantlo run, because that guy seemed to really elevate the storytelling for what would have been nothing, really. They would have had basically no story in America. But, yeah, this yeah definitely being... My viewpoint is from somebody who hasn't read the comics, so I don't... You know, so don't right. be too upset because I haven't read them. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I, I, it's, I haven't read them either, actually. Uh, but I, I am kind of interested. I personally, we're we're about ready to wrap this this episode up. But just before we uh, sign off here, uh, I just wanted to say that, to be a hundred percent honest, I kind of like these guys more than Visionaries and Rom, because I, I like the Japanese connection with Takara. I like the look of them. I like the interchangeability. Like Bernie said in the beginning of this episode, and I don't know. Like the overall look is cool, and I would be very interested in the cartoon that's coming out. And I don't know. It's kind of sad that we haven't seen more from them. I think, but hopefully we will soon. And maybe that a Netflix series will uh, reinvigorate this whole franchise. So, do you have anything else you want to say before we sign out here, Joey? Uh. How do you feel about Micronauts after learning this much about them <laughs> in a short amount of time? It's probably something I, <clears throat> I probably would have gotten a few figures had I been yeah. alive at that time. Probably. Yeah. Um, I think they're they're fine. Yeah. 
you're not in love, but yeah. yeah. It's not something I necessarily love, but um, it's definitely like, you know, just sort of one of those toy lines that kind of came out in the late 70s, early 80s when there just became, you know, there was just so many coming out at the time. Um, right. And uh, it's cool just kind of seeing what all is out there. It's cool to see what came out just before I was born because this shit lasted. And like I was born in '84, so to see this series, I think it was until '86, and then it was dead. So I was alive, but I was two. But by, by the time it was totally dead. So how many uh, different runs did they have? I wonder. Probably two ish. It's like two series or something. Something like that. I'm surprised there was no. I found one like anime intro, but I didn't want to put it in the episode because it seemed like maybe it was even like ma- like fan made or something. It didn't seem totally legit. It seems like Japan didn't do much with it either. It was just a toy line, which most of the money's made with toys anyway. I had fun researching this episode. There is a X Men and Micronauts comic. Okay. A Micronauts comic with Man Thing on the front. Oh shit. Uh, so yeah, it seemed like that they definitely uh, were around. You know late 70s uh for a little bit all right everybody thanks for listening we're going to be putting this episode into our hasbro verse playlist on soundcloud that is also currently that also currently has visionaries knights of the magical light and another episode that focuses on rom space knight and we will also put these episodes into our shinfo cast playlist which is superhouse info cast just it's a playlist that is more about information and, and trying to be more informative rather than being uh, our normal review or interview episodes. So trying to be organized for everybody there. And of course, everything is always on iTunes and Stitcher and everywhere else as well. Um, also in the Shinfocast playlist, we have our Doctor Strange and the Occult episode, as well as our Top Video Game Conspiracies episode and our Top Video Game Legends episode. We'd like to once again thank... Shasta and Matt Herring for their Patreon contributions. You can find us on patreon.com slash superhousepodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash superhousepodcast. And we have all kinds of tiers there. The lowest tier is only a dollar. So if you could please support our podcast with that, that we would very much appreciate it. We can also find Superhouse at facebook.com slash superhousepodcast. Superhouse Pod on Twitter, Superhouse Podcast on Instagram. You can search Superhouse Podcast on YouTube. All social media links can be found at the top left of our own website, superhousepod.com. At the bottom of superhousepod.com, we have the Superhouse Shop, which is at tpublic.com. That's spelled T E E public, P U B L I C.com. The link to that is at the bottom of superhousepod.com as well and personally i am thunderwolf drew on twitter and i am thunderwolf lives on instagram and joey your lone sword or what what's yeah lone sword on instagram no numbers or anything nope lone sword on instagram so yeah there's there's joey superhouse hot package episodes are always coming out currently they're on a break because Stefan is getting high in Reno <laughs> currently. And as always, if you could please leave us a review on iTunes, that would help us out a lot because the more reviews the get we get on there, the higher our 
visibility becomes in the iTunes store, which is really the most important thing as far as getting our numbers up. So if you could do that, that would be fucking awesome. And uh, I think that's it. So this is Andrew signing off. Joey signing off. This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. <laughs> yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description. We have uh, a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. Like if you donate a dollar, you'll be able to uh, give us a topic for us to talk about. And that's we'll talk dope. about for maybe an hour or more. Who knows yeah. how long it'll take. And that's pretty tight. <laughs> that's the coolest thing. <laughs> Wait, we're on the internet? That's pretty good. <laughs> if you and don- we can make money. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you donate $1,000, you get full frontal nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. If you give us a grant, who knows what will happen. Check us out. I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> you get to go on a date with one of us for $10,000. <laughs> but you pay for everything. <laughs> you get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. I'll give you Joey for a weekend. <laughs> for $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. <laughs> Superhouse Gigolo Project. <laughs> 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Links in the description. <laughs>